Good morning, everyone. This is Tom Binky, your facilitator for Bridges class. I'm here with a small confession. Uh, we only were able to record the second half of Rob's great class last Sunday. So Ron Hamner and I are going to record the first half for you so you will have all of the context you need. Uh, today, um, Rob was teaching us from Luke 11, 32 to 52, and he has two outlined points, the hypocrisy of externals, which are verses 37 to 44, and second is the hypocrisy of exclusion, 45 to 52. Ron is going to open us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you and glorify your name that you have given us the time and, and the word to read and study, that you've given us this time together. We thank you for all your provision. We thank you for uh, all your healing, that you have uh, healed Harrison so that he is doing so much better. And we thank you for our teachers and our ministers. We ask that you bless what is said today to be of your doing and that what is true will be remembered and what is not will be forgotten. And that you bless the preachers and the teachers as they prepare for the following weeks. And we give you the glory for all that happens. In Jesus' name, amen. A reading from Luke 11, starting with verse 32, I will read the entire passage through verse 52. Sorry, verse 37 through 52. Now when he had spoken, a Pharisee asked him to have lunch with him, and he went in and reclined at the table. And when the Pharisee saw it, he was surprised that he had not first ceremonially washed before the meal. But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but inside of you, you are full of robbery and wickedness, you foolish ones. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give that which is within as clarity, as charity, and then all things are clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you pay tithe of mint and rue and every kind of garden herb, and yet disregard justice and the love of God. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the front seats in the synagogues and the respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like concealed tombs, and the people walk over them are unaware of it. And when the lawyer said to him in reply, Teacher, when you say this, you insult us too. But he said, Woe to you lawyers as well, for you weigh men down with burdens hard to bear, while you yourselves will not even touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets, and it was your fathers who killed them. Consequently, 
You are witnesses and approve the deeds of your fathers because it was they who killed them, and you build their tombs. For this reason also the wisdom of God said, I will send to them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill, and some they will persecute, in order that the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the house of God. Yes, I tell you, it shall be charged against this generation. Woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter it in yourself, and those who were entering in you hindered. Thank you, Ron. The last thing that we'll accomplish today is I'm going to basically do a short discussion about the notes that we're taking during the class. Um, when Rob was teaching us, he pointed out that Jesus questioned, was questioned for the lack of ritual washing before a meal. And he was very direct and he said, you Pharisees have things backwards. And then Jesus not only condemns them, but he also pities them because they have the whole situation upside down. They are meticulous in the small things, but you are missing the large things. You neglect justice and love of God. So in the readings, you're going to be looking for what they have neglected. Pharisees crave recognition in the synagogue, the marketplace. They're actually polluting people by misrepresenting God. And then in number two, the experts of the law, the lawyers, knew where the loopholes in the law were. The scribes were the interpreters of the law, and the Pharisees were a political party with political ends as well as religious leaders. You do nothing to help others was Jesus' accusation. You won't touch these things because you know all the loopholes. There is a movement to rebuild the tombs, but they are actually showing their approval for the murders of the prophets by their forefathers. The reading mentions from Abel to Zechariah, and that is an example of from A to Z and is noted in Second Chronicles, which is the last book of the Old Testament. They have, the Pharisees have lost the key to the kingdom. And they are waiting to catch him. They're waiting to trap him, to ensnare him. And the whole situation is terrible. Rob mentioned the um, beginning of the word dinos, which is ter uh, as in dinosaurs, which is uh, an example of the terrible lizards. Rule makers for the sake of rules revised history to fit their narrative, but also rules did not apply to them. It, that is the, the notes that I took from 
um, the discussion in the class. Um, I'm sure we are not presenting it as well as Rob did, but I hope that you'll um, find this helpful. Our reading came from Luke 11, 37 to 52. Roman numeral one was the hypocrisy of externals, where Ron read about all of the external rules that were set up to elevate the scribes and the Pharisees and to keep the people down and keep the people out of the house of God and keep the people from understanding the love of God. Number two is the hypocrisy of exclusion and that is where the rules are set up for the powerful, they're set up for the knowledgeable, they're set up for the rule makers and not for the people themselves to the exclusion of all others. I hope this discussion, Ron's reading, uh, is all a blessing to you. The next part of the recording will be the live class uh, as we pick it up. Uh, part of it will be reading, but then you will hear Rob's voice and you will hear Rob's explanation and his closing. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Bye. We can't wait for the J Study Bible to come out uh, <laughs> with, with his own you know, commentary as, as we go, yes. All right. Those Pharisees were more about the church, weren't they? The Sadducees were too damn sad to know what's going on. See, we're done. There you go. We're, we're finished. Now, notice the, the, the one of the, scri the, the lawyers, the scribes, he said to him, Teacher, when you say this, you insult us too. As if to say, well, we're not them. You know, it's just, you insult us too, right? I mean, and rather than say, oh, no, no, you know, I, yeah, I don't mean to, didn't mean to throw you under the bus too. Notice Jesus says, yeah, alas for you too. Uh, and then, of course, very, we, we all probably are familiar with this, for you weigh men down with these burdens. And, of course, that's what we were just talking about this this meticulous explanation of the law that got to where there were so many loopholes and ways and things to, you know, you weigh people down with this, but you won't even touch them with a finger. Uh, the two, two implications of this. One is that you do nothing to help, meaning to lift the burden. The other would be, but, you know, you won't even touch this stuff with your own finger because you know ways to get around it. Um, either way, that's bad. But you see, the, it's still externals, and you see how this is, is an exclusionary way of doing, uh, following God. You know, that the few have the secret, and the rest, we're all just stuck um, to, to the exclusion of the masses. Uh, one, one, of the, one of the things you probably noticed is how much the scribes and Pharisees are into the things that people do. They want to control what people do, and they're worried about what people are doing or not doing. Whereas Jesus isn't concerned about what we do. He's concerned about the kind of people we are. There's a difference. It's, yes, the, the people we are does lead to our actions, but it's, it's more about what's going on in, in totality in our souls.
Not about all of these externals and all these things that exclude. Now the next one he said, he's, he's an indictment against a practice that was common then, and that is to basically refurbish or make new the tombs of a lot of the Old Testament heroes, the prophets and leaders, not just prophets, but others. And he uses that as an indictment as well. He says, alas, you're going around actually making these tombs for these folks, but you know it's your forefathers who were the ones who killed them in the first place. Because they didn't, here's the thing, they didn't want to listen to what the prophets had to say. They didn't want to do the things that the prophets said God wanted them to do. So they were killed. So the irony is, he's saying, you, you think you're, you know, you're refurbishing these tombs for the prophets, but really, it's more, of, it's, it's more of a monument for your own complicity. It's more for the mon monuments for those who killed them, and you're complicit in it, because you're still not doing what it is that God, through his prophets, says you should do. Harkens back to where he says you're, you're, there's blindness there. So he has a, he then says, for this reason, verse 49, for this reason also the wisdom of God said, some Bibles will say God in his wisdom said. The actual Greek is the wisdom of God said. Some, and then some of your Bibles will have quotations over the next thing, rather than saying God in his wisdom. And there's, there's reason for that. Some have looked for Maybe there's a lost apocryphal book somewhere of wisdom where this was said, but there is no, nothing like that. Um, wisdom, of course, was personified often in the Old Testament. We think of Proverbs 9 and wisdom being personified. And some say that Jesus is, at this point, hearkening to that personification. The wisdom of God says this, and of course, he is the incarnate God, is sort of the incarnate wisdom of God because he's setting up the third woe to the scribes about the keys, the key of knowledge, the key or the door to the true wisdom. But all that being said, what is, what is, what is this? In order basically to prove the point that they're complicit in these murders, because I'm going to send them prophets and apostles, some they'll kill and some they'll persecute. And of course, we know that that is the case. Think of John, think of Jesus, think of James, think of, you just go down the line. So they're kind of, yes, in order that the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. Like, whoa, is that fair? You know, that's one of the questions we have to ask. You know, is that fair? I don't think fairness has anything to do with it. It's just the way the universe operates. Generations who don't learn from previous generations always end up paying the price. There's always, things always damn up. In other words, it can go along for a while, but then that flow dams up. And there's usually an event that brings about that's that, the retribution of whatever has happened in the past. And in this case, it's the coming of the Messiah, the crucifixion. It can, it, it's, it's, it's not as if it's some sort of arbitrary, well, oh, yeah, well, then you're going to pay. It's, this is what Jesus has been saying. Alas, you don't know where this is leading. This is where it's heading. And, of course, we saw, well, we didn't, unless you're really old, uh, AD 70, the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. 
And there's probably some, some other hearkening to, to judgment here. But he's saying that's what's happening. And that's what's going to happen. And he says from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah. In other words, from the beginning to the end of your history, this has been the case. Abel, the first murder, Zechariah, the last. And you're thinking, wait a minute, no. In the Hebrew order of the Bible, Genesis is first, Second Chronicles is last. In the Hebrew, because it's the law, the prophets, and the writings, and Second Chronicles is, the, is in the writings, the last part, which is interesting that we see that even then, scholars have wondered uh, how, how much of the Bible had been, you know, had been canonized, the Old Testament, and how would the order, this kind of harkens to that order. And we can read about what happened in Second Chronicles to Zechariah. So basically, from the first book of the Bible to the last book of the Bible, you can look, it's been the history. And I tell you, it'll be charged against this generation. And that leads, of course, to the final alas or woe, which is you have, you have the key. You could help these people. You could give them understanding to know, to look, and to know for the coming of the Messiah. You have this, the key to knowledge, the key to the kingdom. I mean, that kind of harkens, remember, Peter and the keys and, and all that. And here you have, you have this key. But not only do you not use it, you prevent others from coming into the true understanding of what's happening here. And again, it's, it's become, it, you know, they've made Scripture, they've made the Word of God, God this dark mystery to people that only their, you know, only their lengthy explanations can, you know, unlock for people. But the irony is it only makes it that much more obscure. So in their zeal to bring about the kingdom, they've lost the key to the kingdom. How's that for lunch and conversation? Uh, I don't know how the meal went, um, but I can tell you, well, I'll, here's how the meal went. So when he left, it was probably before he even had the meal, I'm sure. But when he left, and here's, here's more irony. They were probably saying, us? It's against us because they murdered the prophets? No, wait a minute. What? That's not. And then we're told, the scribes and Pharisees began to be hostile, trying to plot against him, see how they could catch him. See, in other words, their very actions belie exactly what Jesus had said would happen. A couple of interesting Greek terms here, just for fun. Um, plotting against him, that's, uh, some of your Bibles may actually have, to lay in ambush. That's a, that's, that's a kind of a more strident translation, but I think it gives the impression of what's going on. To, to ambush him, to snare him, to catch him. That's a word used for catching animals in a trap. So to ambush, to catch in a snare. And they began to be very hostile. Some of your Bibles may translate that is, they were terrible. And that's another, that's usually how that word is translated, is terrible. Um, it's a, it's a Greek term used only a couple times in the New Testament, you, but you know it. Uh, dinos. And if I could add one little thing to that. 
dynamite, or that's, that's from dunamis, from power. Think of, think of your biology classes. Dinosaur. Yeah, so terrible, terrible saurus, lizard. Terrible lizards. That's, where, that's the term for dinosaur, terrible lizards. And not that they're dinosaurs, okay? That's not what we're saying. It's just that that's that word for just it's... Yeah, I mentioned by you mentioned about dynamite. Dynamic dynamite detonation should be in there, too. That's more your study Bible. There you go. You're doing it. And of course, we're aware of this already because we have, we have progressed up to, in our study, to the triumphal entry. So we saw quite a bit of this where things started coming to a head more and more with the Pharisees. So we see the original context as a political agenda that's being critiqued through their own Pharisaic and scribal practices, leading where they think... It's not leading where they think it's going to. But of course, now for us, application-wise, we hear at least some critiques of what can be our forms of Pharisaism that we need to be careful about. Yes, sir? I'm struck by how 21st century this lesson has been. Uh, the Pharisees were rule makers and they made rules for the sake of making rules and also to be known as rule makers without considering what the rules did and what the purpose behind the rules was. We have that now. We have rules for the sake of rules and for people being known as rule makers. The, the scribes were hypocrites who revised history for their agenda of establishing burdens on other people that they did not follow themselves. They told everybody else what to do while they did something completely different. Mm -hmm. And we have seen that in the 21st century as yeah. well. I'm having trouble seeing the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, part of it too, part of this uh, critique is part of Martin Luther's motivation behind the Reformation as well. Yeah. For you know, Scripture being so obscured by, by so much tradition of, and remember, he was a Roman Catholic, uh, but, but so many of the traditions that obscured the Bible, the average person did not have a Bible. So it's with the printing press and then Bibles being out there that led to a lot of what we know of as the Reformation, people being able to read it themselves and go, wait a minute. Yes, sir. Oh, interesting. Yes. That there's discussion of monuments, and then there's the whitewashing of the monuments. Um, there, there, there are no monuments to the prophets, I gather. So we're yeah, it's, in, it's, an, it's an intriguing parallel, right, yeah. I grew up in Virginia, and, and, uh, and I'm a faithful Virginian and a respecter of Virginian tradition, including the Virginian who lived here in San Antonio, other Virginians during the 75 years or so from 1776 to 1860 who, who, who followed Jesus Christ and testified in manumission deed under the command of Jesus Christ to 
treat my, other, my fellow man as I would want to be treated. I hereby give liberty to these individuals. There are no monuments to them. And Satan takes the name of one of those hundreds of men who freed 15,000 slaves in Virginia over 20 years, 25 years. One of them is John and, John and Charles Lynch. And their name, Satan would have it, would be turned into the epitome of evil and injustice. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I've never seen a monument to these guys, but they testified by deed that they were freeing every slave. Huh. And John Lynch even inherited his wayward son's slave after the wayward son's slave killed his son and confessed to his murder. And then in his manumission, he said, I give liberty to this man because nothing he has done can take away the liberty that Christ, that God has given him in his creation. And I leave to God the judgment of him for his confessed behavior. It was real extreme. But these guys are Bible-believing Christians. There are no monuments. Right. It's sort of an inverse of what we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, there's stuff on it. We need to wrap up and leave because they're ready to come in and there's communion and the whole way. It's even up here if you want to just come grab some. No, I'm just kidding. No, let's pray. Thanks, Father, for this time we were able to share together around your word. And as always, our prayer is that uh, it doesn't just stay here, but uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we're able to... Uh, to uh, allow it to, to affect us the, as we learned. It's not just the outside of the cup, but the inside, that we would, on the inside, be the people you've called us to be because in some part we've been convicted as well this morning. Thank you for your word, and we look forward to gathering again to study it in Christ's name. Amen. 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 All right. Bye, podcast people. <laughs>